Part four, chapter seventy three of Thus Spake Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche, translated by Thomas Common. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Higher Man, one. When I came unto men for the first time, then did I commit the anchorite folly, the great folly. I appeared on the marketplace, and when I spake unto all, I spake unto none. In the evening, however, rope-dancers were my companions and corpses, and I myself almost a corpse. With the new morning, however, there came unto me a new truth. Then did I learn to say, of what account to me are marketplace and populace and populous noise and long populous ears? Ye higher men, learn this from me. On the marketplace no one believeth in higher men. But if ye will speak there, very well. The populace, however, blinketh. We are all equal. Ye higher men, so blinketh the populace. There are no higher men. We are all equal. Man is man. Before God we are all equal. Before God? Now, however, this God hath died. Before the populace, however, we will not be equal. Ye higher men, away from the marketplace. 2. Before God. Now, however, this God hath died. Ye higher men, this God was your greatest danger. Only since he lay in the grave have ye again risen. Now only cometh the great noontide. Now only doth the higher man become master. Have ye understood this word, O my brethren? Ye are frightened. Do your hearts turn giddy? Doth the abyss here yawn for you? Doth the hell-hound here yelp at you? Well... Take heart, ye higher men, now only travaileth the mountain of the human future. God hath died, now do we desire the superman to live. 3. The most careful ask today, How is man to be maintained? Zarathustra, however, asketh, as the first and only one, how is man to be surpassed? The superman I have at heart. That is the first and only thing to me, and not man. Not the neighbor, not the poorest, not the sorriest, not the best. O oh, my brethren, what I can love in man is that he is an overgoing and a downgoing. And also in you there is much that maketh me love and hope, in that ye have despised, ye higher men, that maketh me hope. For the great despisers are the great reverers. In that ye have despaired, there is much to honor. For ye have not learned to submit yourselves, ye have not learned petty policy. For today have the petty people become master. They all preach submission, and humility, and policy, 
and diligence and consideration and the long etc of petty virtues whatever is of the effeminate type whatever originateth from the servile type and especially the populace mishmash that wisheth now to be master of all human destiny oh disgust 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 that asketh and asketh and never tireth how is man to maintain himself best longest most pleasantly thereby are they the masters of to-day these masters of to-day surpass them o oh my brethren these petty people they are the superman's greatest danger surpass ye higher men the petty virtues the petty policy the sand-grain considerateness the ant-hill trumpery the pitiable comfortableness the happiness of the greatest number and rather despair than submit yourselves and verily i love you because ye know not to-day how to live ye higher men for thus do ye live best for have ye courage o my brethren are ye stout-hearted not the courage before witnesses but anchorite and eagle courage which not even a god can any longer beholdeth cold souls mules the blind and the drunken i do not call stout-hearted he hath heart who knoweth fear but vanquisheth it who seeth the abyss but with pride he who seeth the abyss but with eagle's eyes he who with eagle's talons graspeth the abyss he hath courage five man is evil so said to me for consolation all the wisest ones ah if only it be still true to-day for the evil is man's best force man must become better and eviler so do i teach the evilest is necessary for the superman's best it may have been well for the preacher of the petty people to suffer and be burdened by men's sin i however rejoice in great sin as my great consolation such things however are not said for long ears every word also is not suited for every mouth these are fine far-away things at them sheep's claws shall not grasp six ye higher men think ye that i am here to put right what ye have put wrong or that i wished henceforth to make snugger couches for your sufferers or show you restless miswandering misclimbing ones new and easier footpaths nay nay three times nay always more always better ones of your type shall succumb for ye shall always have it worse and harder thus only thus only groweth man aloft to the height where the lightning striketh and shattereth him high enough for the lightning towards the few 
the long the remote go forth my soul and my seeking of what account to me are your many little short miseries ye do not yet suffer enough for me for ye suffer from yourselves ye have not yet suffered from man ye would lie if ye spake otherwise none of you suffereth from what i have suffered seven it is not enough for me that the lightning no longer doeth harm i do not wish to conduct it away it shall learn to work for me my wisdom hath accumulated long like a cloud it becometh stiller and darker so doeth all wisdom which shall one day bear lightnings unto these men of to-day will i not be light nor be called light them will i blind lightning of my wisdom put out their eyes eight do not will anything beyond your power there is a bad falseness in those who will beyond their power especially when they will great things for they awaken distrust in great things these subtle false coiners and stage players until at last they are false toward themselves squint-eyed whited cankers glossed over with strong words parade virtues and brilliant false deeds take good care there ye higher men for nothing is more precious to me and rarer than honesty is this to-day not that of the populace the populace however knoweth not what is great and what is small what is straight and what is honest it is innocently crooked it ever lieth nine have a good distrust to-day ye higher men ye enheartened ones ye open-hearted ones and keep your reasons secret for this to-day is that of the populace what the populace once learned to believe without reasons who could refute it to them by means of reasons and on the market-place one convinceth with gestures but reasons make the populace distrustful and when truth hath once triumphed there then ask yourselves with good distrust what strong error hath fought for it be on your guard also against the learned they hate you because they are unproductive they have cold withered eyes before which every bird is unplumed such persons vaunt about not lying but inability to lie is still far from being love to truth be on your guard freedom from fever is still far from being knowledge refrigerated spirits i do not believe in he who cannot lie doth not know what truth is Ten. if ye would go up high then use your own legs do not get yourselves carried aloft do not seat yourselves on other people's backs and heads thou hast mounted however on horseback thou now ridest briskly up to thy goal 
well, my friend, but thy lame foot is also with thee on horseback. When thou reachest thy goal, when thou alightest from thy horse, precisely on thy height, thou higher man, then wilt thou stumble. 11. Ye creating ones, ye higher men, one is only pregnant with one's own child. Do not let yourselves be imposed upon or put upon. Who then is your neighbor? Even if ye act for your neighbor, ye still do not create for him. Unlearn, I pray you, this for, ye creating ones. Your very virtue wisheth you to have naught to do with for, and on account of, and because. Against these false little words shall ye stop your ears. For one's neighbor is the virtue only of the petty people. There it is said, like and like, and hand washeth hand. They have neither the right nor the power for your self-seeking. In your self-seeking, ye creating ones, there is the foresight and foreseeing of the pregnant. What no one's eye hath yet seen, namely the fruit, this sheltereth and saveth and nourisheth your entire love. Where your entire love is, namely with your child, there is also your entire virtue. Your work, your will, is your neighbor. Let no false values impose upon you. 12. Ye creating ones, ye higher men, whoever hath to give birth is sick, whoever hath given birth, however, is unclean. Ask women, one giveth birth not because it giveth pleasure, the pain maketh hens and poets cackle. Ye creating ones, in you there is much uncleanliness, that is because ye have had to be mothers. A new child, oh, how much new filth hath also come into the world, go apart. He who hath given birth shall wash his soul. 13. Be not virtuous beyond your powers, and seek nothing from yourselves opposed to probability. Walk in the footsteps in which your father's virtue hath already walked. How would ye rise high, if your father's will should not rise with you? He, however, who would be a firstling, let him take care lest he also become a lastling. And where the vices of your fathers are, there should ye not set up as saints. He whose fathers were inclined for women, and for strong wine, and flesh of wild boar swine, what would it be if he demanded chastity of himself? A folly would it be. Much verily doth it seem for me for such a one, if he should be the husband of one, or of two, or of three women. And if he founded monasteries, and inscribed over their portals, this way to holiness, I should still say, what good is it? It is a new folly. He hath founded for himself a penance-house and refuge-house. Much good may it do, but I do not believe in it. 
In solitude there groweth what any one bringeth into it, also the brute in one's nature. Thus is solitude inadvisable unto many. Hath there ever been anything filthier on earth than the saints of the wilderness? Around them was not only the devil loose, but also the swine. 14. Shy, ashamed, awkward, like the tiger whose spring hath failed. Thus, ye higher men, have I often seen you slink aside. A cast which she made had failed. But what doth it matter, ye dice-players? Ye had not learned to play and mock as one must play and mock. Do we not ever sit at a great table of mocking and playing? And if great things have been a failure with you, have ye yourselves therefore been a failure? And if ye yourselves have been a failure, hath man therefore been a failure? If man, however, hath been a failure, well then, never mind. 15. The higher its type, always the seldomer doth a thing succeed. Ye higher men here, have ye not all been failures? Be of good cheer. What doth it matter? How much is still possible? Learn to laugh at yourselves as ye ought to laugh. What wonder, even, that ye have failed and only half succeed ye half-shattered ones? Doth not man's future strive and struggle in you? Man's furthest, profoundest, star-highest issues, his prodigious powers, do not all these foam through one another in your vessel? What wonder that many a vessel shattereth? Learn to laugh at yourselves, as ye ought to laugh. Ye higher men, oh, how much is still possible! And verily, how much hath already succeeded! How rich is this earth in small, good, perfect things, in well-constituted things! Set around you small, good, perfect things, ye higher men. Their golden maturity healeth the heart. The perfect teacheth one to hope. 16. What hath hitherto been the greatest sin here on earth? Was it not the word of him who said, Woe unto them that laugh now? Did he himself find no cause for laughter on the earth? Then he sought badly. A child even findeth cause for it. He did not love sufficiently. Otherwise would he also have loved us, the laughing ones. But he hated and hooted us, wailing and teeth gnashing did he promise us. Must one then curse immediately, when one doth not love? That seemeth to me bad taste. Thus did he, however, this absolute one. He sprang from the populace, and he himself just did not love sufficiently. Otherwise would he have raged less because people did not love him. All great love doth not seek love, it seeketh more. 
go out of the way of all such absolute ones. They are a poor, sickly type, a populist type. They look at this life with ill will. They have an evil eye for this earth. Go out of the way of all such absolute ones. They have heavy feet and sultry hearts. They do not know how to dance. How could the earth be light to such ones? 17. Tortuously do all good things come nigh to their goal. Like cats, they curve their backs, they purr inwardly with their approaching happiness. All good things laugh. His step betrayeth whether a person already walketh on his own path. Just see me walk. He, however, who cometh nigh to his goal, danceth. And verily a statue have I not become. Not yet do I stand there stiff, stupid, and stony like a pillar. I love fast racing. And though there be on earth fens and dense afflictions, he who hath light feet runneth even across the mud, and danceth as upon well-swept ice. Lift up your hearts, my brethren, high, higher, and do not forget your legs. Lift up also your legs, ye good dancers, and better still, if ye stand upon your heads. 18. This Crown of the Laughter this rose-garland crown. I myself have put on this crown. I myself have consecrated my laughter. No one else have I found today potent enough for this. Zarathustra the dancer, Zarathustra the light one, who beckoneth with his pinions, one ready for flight, beckoning unto all birds, ready and prepared, a blissfully light-spirited one. Zarathustra the soothsayer, Zarathustra the sooth-laugher, no impatient one, no absolute one, one who loveth leaps and side-leaps, I myself have put on this crown. 19. Lift up your hearts, my brethren, higher, higher, and do not forget your legs. Lift up also your legs, ye good dancers, and better still, if you stand upon your heads. There are also heavy animals in a state of happiness. There are club-footed ones from the beginning. Curiously do they exert themselves, like an elephant which endeavoureth to stand upon its head. Better, however, to be foolish with happiness than foolish with misfortune. Better to dance awkwardly than walk lamely. So learn, I pray you, my wisdom, ye higher men, even the worst thing hath two good reverse sides. Even the worst thing hath good dancing legs, so learn, I pray you, ye higher men, to put yourselves on your proper legs. So unlearn, I pray you, the sorrows sighing and all the populace sadness. Oh, how sad the buffoons of the populace seem to me today! This today, however, is that of the populace. 20. Do like unto the wind when it rusheth forth from its mountain caves. Unto its own piping will it dance. The seas tremble and leap under its footsteps. 
that which giveth wings to assess, that which milketh the lionesses. Praised be that good unruly spirit, which cometh like a hurricane unto all the present and unto all the populace, which is hostile to thistleheads and puzzleheads, and to all withered leaves and weeds, praised be this wild, good, free spirit of the storm, which danceth upon fens and afflictions as upon meadows, which hateth the consumptive populace dogs and all the ill-constituted sullen brood. Praised be this spirit of all free spirits, the laughing storm, which bloweth dust into the eyes of all the melanopic and melancholic. Ye higher men, the worst thing in you is that ye have none of you learned to dance as ye ought to dance, to dance beyond yourselves. What doth it matter that ye have failed? How many things are still possible? So learn to laugh beyond yourselves. Lift up your heart, ye good dancers, high, higher, and do not forget the good laughter. This crown of the laughter, this rose-garland crown, to you, my brethren, do I cast this crown. Laughing have I consecrated, ye higher men. Learn, I pray you, to laugh. Notes by Anthony M. Ludovici Parable 1 Nietzsche admits here that at one time he had thought of appealing to the people, to the crowd in the marketplace, but that he had ultimately to abandon the task. He bids higher men depart from the marketplace. Parable 3 Here we are told quite plainly what class of men actually owe all their impulses and desires to the instinct of self-preservation. The struggle for existence is indeed the only spur in the case of such people. To them it matters not in what shape or condition man be preserved, provided only he survive. The transcendental maxim that, quote, life per se is precious, end quote, is the ruling maxim here. Parable 4 In the note on chapter 57, I speak of Nietzsche's elevation of the virtue courage to the highest place among the virtues, here he tells higher men the class of courage he expects from them. Parables 5 and 6. These have already been referred to in the notes on chapters 57 and 71. Parable 7. I suggest that the last verse in this paragraph strongly confirms the view that Nietzsche's teaching was always meant by him to be esoteric and for higher men alone. Parable 9. In the last verse here, another shaft of light is thrown upon the immaculate perception, or so-called pure objectivity, of the scientific mind. Quote, Freedom from fever is still far from being knowledge. End quote. Where a man's emotions cease to accompany him in his investigations, he is not necessarily nearer the truth. Says Spencer in the preface of his autobiography, quote, in the genesis of a system of thought, the emotional nature is a large factor, perhaps as large a factor as the intellectual nature. End quote. See pages 134, 
and 141 of Volume 1, Thoughts Out of Season. Parables 10 and 11 When we approach Nietzsche's philosophy, we must be prepared to be independent thinkers. In fact, the greatest virtue of his works is perhaps the subtlety with which they impose the obligation upon one of thinking alone, of scoring off one's own bat, and of shifting intellectually for oneself. Parable 13. Quote, I am a railing alongside the torrent. Whoever is able to grasp me may grasp me. Your crutch, however, I am not. End quote. These two paragraphs are an exhortation to hire men to become independent. Parable 15. Here Nietzsche perhaps exaggerates the importance of heredity. As, however, the question is by no means one on which we are all agreed, what he says is not without value. A very important principle in Nietzsche's philosophy is enunciated in the first verse of this paragraph. Quote, the higher its type, always the seldomer doth a thing succeed. End quote. See page 82 of Beyond Good and Evil. Those who, like some political economists, talk in a business-like way about the terrific waste of human life and energy, deliberately overlook the fact that the waste most to be deplored usually occurs among higher individuals. Economy was never precisely one of nature's leading principles. All this sentimental wailing over the larger proportion of failures than successes in human life does not seem to take into account the fact that it is the rarest thing on earth for a highly organized being to attain to the fullest development and activity of all its functions, simply because it is so highly organized. The blind will to power in nature therefore stands in urgent need of direction by man. Parables 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 these paragraphs deal with Nietzsche's protest against the democratic seriousness, pobelanced, of modern times. Quote, All good things laugh, he says, and his final command to the higher man is, Learn, I pray you, to laugh. End quote. All that is good in Nietzsche's sense is cheerful. To be able to crack a joke about one's deepest feelings is the greatest test of their value. The man who does not laugh, like the man who does not make faces, is already a buffoon at heart. Quote, what hath hitherto been the greatest sin here on earth? Was it not the word of him who said, Woe unto them that laugh now? Did he himself find no cause for laughter on the earth? Then he sought badly. A child even findeth cause for it. End quote. End of Part 4, Chapter 73 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia